Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Manila, Philippines with my new friend, Kathy Mills of Wall Street is Waiting. Kathy works for the government and is on a three-year stint in Manila. I love how she describes the people in the city as sweet and spicy. When you visit, make sure you try the sisig, singu, and lumpia. They are just so delicious. So the show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash manila. Let's start the show. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Traveling across different time zones can be exhausting. It's hard to sleep or get work done on a plane. And it's even harder when you're in a crowded terminal. Now, when you have a long layover or flight delay, you can book minute suites by the hour. These private suites are located inside security and offer a day bed for napping, Wi-Fi to get work done, and TV so you can veg out. Basically, it's a traveler's retreat from the chaos of the terminal. Minute Suites has six locations in Charlotte, Philadelphia, Atlanta, and Dallas, and is planning to double their locations in 2019. Book your next stay in advance on their mobile app or at wetravelthere.com forward slash minute and use promo code WETRAVELTHERE to save 15% off any hourly or overnight suite rental. Hey, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're going to talk today about Manila, Philippines. It's a place that I haven't been yet, but uh, obviously you live there and some of my other friends have traveled there and said such great things about the city. Yeah, it's an incredible place. It was not really on my radar as a vacation destination. And now that I'm here, I just think, my goodness, how could anybody leave out the Philippines? So I am look forward to talking about it. So what brought you to Manila? Well, I work here. I work for the U.S. government, so I'm stationed here for three years. I got here at the very end of October, so I still have, you know, I've been here about six months, and every day is exciting. It really is. The diversity of people, geography, language, food, culture, you name it. I mean, it is the most diverse place on the planet. That is awesome. And of course, looking back in history, you have a Mel DeMarcos that has like all the amazing shoes any woman could ever want. Yeah, there's a shoe museum actually with her shoe collection that I am going to get to in the next couple of months. I haven't been there yet, but it's on my map. I've got my travel map out. There's a place called Marquina, northeast of Manila, and they actually made all of the shoes for the Philippines and they have the world's largest loafer there. So you can go and stand inside <laughs> of this you know, loafer that's like the size of a school bus. And that is kind of the gateway to Imelda Marcos land and the shoe museum. So, you know, try doing that anywhere else. I mean, I think that's pretty funky. Awesome. So before we get into some of those things, obviously you lived there now about six months. Mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't been a long time, but it's still enough to kind of get a flavor of what mm -hmm. the culture is like. If you had to kind of summarize what you've experienced so far, like the people, the city in like one or two words, how would you do that? That's a pretty easy one. It would be sweet and spicy. And in every possible meaning of those two words, it applies. <laughs> sweet and spicy, flavorful in the food, sweet and spicy kind of in their attitude and how they get along with people, really equal mixes of both. All right, on. So if people are coming to Manila, what's the weather like year round? Yeah, we've got two seasons. There's hot and there's hot and wet. So you can take your pick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> You're right going to give up on ever having a good hair day, which is not a problem for you, I guess, because you are the uh, 
the, the bald, bald guy. guy try, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so not a problem, but for some people, yeah, give up on the good hair days. We're actually going into the hottest part of the year now. The hottest months are April, May, June. That's our summer. And it's fairly brutal. Uh, the other day it was almost 35 degrees Celsius and I'm starting to forget. I'm usually not in a Fahrenheit world, but that's close to a hundred, a little over a hundred, I'm guessing. Okay. So this is the hot season and it gets after this, after June, July, August, September, it's going to go into the rainy season. So it's going to be just as hot, but it's going to rain two or three times a day. The best time to visit is November, say through February, the winter time. And it's still quite warm, but the humidity is, has lifted. You'll actually get some nice breezes. And for all of the walking around you want to do and visiting things, you know, being outside, whether it's, you know, hiking in the mountains or being at the beach, that kind of thing, I would recommend coming in between November and February. Okay. Yeah. Plus, like for, for those of us in the States, it's actually a good opportunity to get away from like the, the cold or the snow or whatever's oh, yeah. going on up yeah. here come down there and have more of like a temperate temperatures down in Manila. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Great escape when you have the winter doldrums in the U.S. This will be the place to come. Absolutely. Okay. So when people are coming down there, obviously they're going to fly into the major airport in Manila. Mm -hmm. Once they arrive, is there good public transportation or do they need to rent a car? What's the best way to get around? Yeah, that's a great question because traffic here is legendary. And I lived in New Delhi for four years. I thought I had seen it all, but I had not, Lee. It turns out that Manila traffic is just, you know, a thing of wonder. They've got this one stretch of highway called EDSA, E-D-S-A, that people joke, uh, you know, the joke here is what's the world's largest parking lot? It's EDSA. <laughs> so don't rent a car and subject yourself to that. I mean, you're going to be sitting in traffic, but you shouldn't be driving in traffic. The rules get very, hmm, let's say fluid. <laughs> let's okay. say that boundaries get blurred. <laughs> And you don't need to spend your time learning how to navigate that. But what they have here is their version of Uber. It's called Grab, G-R-A-B. And the app works exactly like Uber. It has a, uh, you know, GPS locator. So it'll find you when you turn it on. Just let it know where you're going and you're all set. You can hook a credit card up to it. And so you don't have to exchange any cash. So that way, you know, I'm always kind of worried about my cash reserves when I'm on vacation. So if I have a credit card, especially one that I'm getting miles or points or something like that for, I like to use it. So you can hook your credit card up to this. And the thing with Grab, too, is that it is ridiculously cheap. I have yet to take a Grab ride that has cost over $10. And that's my biggest trip. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Usually in town, you know, going from my apartment to go shopping, see a movie, some kind of fun nightclub district, it's anywhere between 4 $6, something like that. You have to work pretty hard to get a $10 trip. So I would call a grab as soon as I got to the airport. You can take a taxi. I've taken a lot of taxis here, you know, just hired off the street. And I've never had an issue with being, you know, kind of given the runaround, some guy taking the long way. I mean, you know how it is with taxi drivers and tourists and that kind of thing. <laughs> I find yeah. people to be very honest, very upfront. So it's not a sense of panic where some places like Delhi, again, you know, where you just don't want to jump into a random taxi because you don't know what kind of situation you're jumping into. 
I've had great luck here with people just being very honest, very, you know, willing to give tourists the regular price and not the tourist price for things. So yeah, grab a taxi, but even better, get that grab app and let that be the thing that gets you all around the city. Don't think about renting a car. It's not worth it. Okay. That sounds good. Uh, anytime I get a chance to not rent a car, I'm mm-hmm. all over it because I'm yeah. the dad of the family. And I'm the one that always drives. So any right. chance of not driving sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. And if you meet a really nice driver, you can also say, hey, I'm going to be here for a few days. Would you consider driving you know, some trips for us privately? I have a guy that I'm doing that with now. I met him just, you know, I was a random grab driver. And I pay him $10 an hour to drive and to sit and wait. And that's a pretty good rate. I mean, he seemed really happy to get that. Sure. So that's, you know, just kind of a frame of reference of, you know, what you're going to pay for that kind of uh, transportation. Okay. So let's back it up for one second. So when we're arriving at the airport or even before we're departing, do we need a a visa? Do you need any sort of other documents like shot records, anything that we need to do before we fly into the Philippines? Nope. It's pretty easy. It's pretty easy. You're going to shoot right through. I had two cats with me and even I sailed right through. So you're not going to get <laughs> hassled. Nobody's going to, you know, check you and see what shot record you have or anything like that. Pretty straightforward. Okay. All right. We're in the, the Philippines now. And uh, like you said, it's been really pretty inexpensive as far as the, the grab and getting around. Mm-hmm. What's the currency like as far as being able to get souvenirs or food, things like that? Is it primarily uh, the local currency or do they accept American dollars? Do a lot of places accept credit cards? How does that work? You're going to use the local currency, which is the Philippine peso. Right now, you're getting anywhere from 50 to 54 of those to a dollar. So it's easy to do the math. A small note, a hundred peso note is about two bucks. Okay. Thousand peso note is about 20 bucks. There's no U.S. dollar. Most places take credit cards, but not all. Don't count on that. I'm always surprised sometimes that a place seems very well established, you know, lots of people, very modern, and you pull out a credit card and they're like, oh no, we could never take that. So you do (laughs) need to be prepped with cash, but there are plenty of ATMs. Yeah. And I haven't encountered any, you know, sometimes you get a um, problem with certain systems working, but I've never had a problem and ATMs are all over the place. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah. One thing that I always do, I use my Charles Schwab visa debit card. I Mm -hmm. I have like kind of a little bit of a slush fund over there for my travel expenses. And then whenever I travel someplace that's international, I use a bank ATM to get the best exchange rates. Mm -hmm. And then I use that ATM card because not only do I not get charged for using the ATM from whatever bank they reimburse that, they also don't charge me for using somebody else's ATM. So even though you're getting the cash out, they're going to charge you initially, right? But right, they will reimburse right. it at the end of the month. So that's a great mm-hmm. way to get money out and you're getting the best exchange rate possible. Yeah. I'd never tell people to go to any kind of exchange plates because oh, you usually yeah. get the best rates at ATMs for sure. Sure. Okay. So when we're in Manila, uh, we're looking around some of the tourist attractions. What are some of the places that you really recommend for people to, to go see while they're there? Sure. The first one you have to see is Intramuros. And that is about maybe seven, let's say, I'm thinking, am I thinking in kilometers? This is where I get a little confused sometimes. Yeah, it's probably about seven (laughs) kilometers north of where I am. And Intramuros is the original Spanish colonial seat of government. So when Spain came in in the mid-1500s, took over, that was the center of Philippine governmental power, religion, education, economy, everything. And then 
from the Spanish intra inside muros walls. And so everything outside of that was extra muro. Oh. Once you get here, you're going to see references to Rizal, R-I-Z-A-L. And Jose Rizal is a nationalist icon. And you're going to see everything from Rizal Park to Rizal Boulevard to Rizal croissants at the cafe. It's going to saturate, you know, everything you see. So you do need a little background on him. He was an activist, and in the 1800s, you know, he was trying to lead a movement for better treatment of Philippines. And what's interesting about Rizal, he was ahead of his time because he wasn't advocating for complete, you know, bloody coup and takeover. He was saying, hey, can't we all get along? Why don't you just treat us better, and we'll be here, and Spain will be here. And the government, I guess, found that he was inciting too many people to revolt. Oh, okay. So they kind of falsely associated him with a violent group and he was executed in 1896. So oh, wow. if you go to Intramuros, you can see the fort, actually a fort built by the Spanish. It's the oldest one from the colonial period. It's there. It's a ruin now, but it still exists. And we're talking mid 1500. So this is pretty old. That's where Rizal was held as a prisoner before his execution. And they actually have brass footsteps inlaid in the ground leading to that execution site. And the execution site is played out in statues. So they've got this kind of statuary park of brass statues showing all of these historical events, including his execution. So that will give you the background of kind of what Manila is about, you know, what their relationship with Spain was like, what their you know, desire for independence was like, that was when all of this started brewing. Okay. Also right. inside of Intramuros, you can see, uh, you mentioned Imelda Marcos. She was a big proponent of preserving Philippine culture. And she set up something called Casa Manila, which is a great, great museum that people should see. It's reconstructed because everything got pretty heavily leveled during World War II. But it is a reconstructed, you know, wealthy merchants, wealthy upper-class people from the period, their household, with all of the authentic furnishings, decorations, including a really cozy two-person toilet. So if you just love the person you're married to so much, you can't be separated <laughs> for a bathroom trip. There's a nice side-by-side -side toilet in there. This is how the other half lived in, you know, 1600, say. <laughs> So you can see that, and there's a really cool distillery in there. All of the spirits you can think of that are made here in the Philippines, it's called Limtuaco, and it's a fun way to kind of cap off a day of touring Intramuros, because you're going to be hot and you're going to be thirsty. So after you've soaked up all of this culture, you can go to this super cool distillery, and the bartenders there, the people that work there, I mean, they love telling you how you know, the spirits are made, giving you some background and some education, and they love giving samples. So that's a great way to top off your trip to Intramuros. Okay. Now, you also mentioned a couple other places that we don't want to miss out on. Corregidor Island? Is Corregidor that how Island, it? yes. That's a massive one. That is actually the most popular day trip from Manila. And Corregidor, it looks like a tadpole. It's really cute. It's just southwest of Manila. You're going to have to take a ferry to get there. And again, this is going to involve a grab. You can get a grab and just say, hey, I need to go to the ferry. So, you know, we're going to catch a boat to Corregidor Island. They'll take you there. Again, it shouldn't be much more than $10. Okay. And Corregidor, of course, uh, is very important for World War II history. But before I talk about that, I wanted to mention getting there. There's a little bit of a 
travel snag you need to know of ahead of time. A place called Sun Cruises has the monopoly on ferries going to Corregidor. So if you go there, you're going to have to go with Sun Cruises, which is fine. They're a great company. I've been there with them. I say that just so people would know if for any reason, you know, they thought they were going to take some other ferry that was cheaper or somebody says, hey, I've got a better deal. That's a shady deal because there's only one ferry that goes. (laughs) But it's a little tricky to get tickets. You know, you go on their website and it says, oh, reserve your tickets. And you're like, great, I'm going to reserve my tickets. But it's a reservation. It's not the same as having the tickets. You reserve them online, but then you have to pay in cash in person at one of the payment outlets. And a lot of Philippine businesses manage ticket sales this way. I don't know why, but you can't just pay with a credit card online. Okay. You can reserve it online, but then they say, surprise, this is your ticket that allows you to go and get a ticket (laughs) in, (laughs) in person somewhere else to add to the stuff you're doing. So Here's my recommendation. If you're staying at even a mid-level hotel or nicer, that hotel can most likely make the arrangements for you. And I strongly recommend people who are coming here, when they have their hotels set up, send them an email email or call them and say, hey, we want to do this Corregidor Island trip. Could you go ahead and get the tickets for it and set it up? And probably they will set up a shuttle to drive you out to the ferry as well. Most hotels are very accommodating in getting tourists around to these spots. That is the best way to do it. Otherwise, when you get here, you're going to find out that you have this extra step. It's not the end of the world. You can go to one of the big malls. There are 7-Elevens here. They're kind of popular for some reason. You can go there and there are payment centers. But I just wanted to mention that up front because that can be a snag when you're new in a place. Sure. Yeah. You don't want to have that bad surprise when you show up for what you think is your ferry ride. So another place you mentioned is something called Makati. Makati. Yeah. Makati is just a little bit north of where I am in BGC. So I'm going to recommend that when people come to Manila, that they stay in my lovely part of town, which is BGC. That stands for Bonifacio Global City. And it is kind of a planned city. It was really just put together in the 90s on what used to be the Philippine Army Barracks. So it looks nothing like it did in the 90s. But it is beautiful, very pedestrian-friendly in a city where it's almost unheard of to have any kind of pedestrian area. You know, most places are just choked with traffic. You know, you even see people wearing kind of face masks because the traffic gets so bad and the exhaust is so bad. But here oh, in the yeah, BGC, yeah. there's just miles and miles of walkability and there are shops and restaurants and bars and clubs and just bookstores and museums, everything you can think of. But to be fair, it's a little precious. You know, if you're more of a hardcore traveler, you're going to say, okay, this is nice, but I want to get more than nitty gritty, you know, and that's where potty comes in. It's not like quote unquote authentic. Yeah. I mean, it is, and it isn't, it's full of Filipinos, you know, it's not like it's just tourists that come here, but it's so pretty and it's so manicured that for travelers, you know, sometimes you get a little bit of, okay, fine, but I want to kind of get to the back streets, to the cool stuff. And Makati is very good for that because Makati is still walkable. It's very safe. It's still, you know, has a lot of modern things, but it's definitely grittier. I mean, I feel 
instantly cooler when I walk into Makati from BGC. I feel like 10 years younger, you know, I want to go to more clubs because it just has that vibe. Okay. And that's actually where one of the restaurants I was going to recommend is located in Makati. It was one of the first places I went to. It's a combination restaurant and craft brewery. They're very big into craft brews here. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, they have a varied menu, but very, very local, very Filipino that can also be tailored if you're a little bit squeamish. And we're going to talk about some squeamish stuff here when we get to food. You know, they can adjust that for you and kind of juggle around some ingredients to put together something that you're happy with. Okay. Let's talk about the food then, because we don't want to miss out on that. Okay. You're going to see everything here is salted egg flavored. I don't know why. Don't ask me to explain (laughs) this, but salted egg potato chips, salted egg ice cream, salted egg, you know, loaf of bread. And it's fantastic. I mean, I love salt and I love eggs, so it works for me. One of the snacks you can get at this place, it's called Alamat, A-L-A-M-A-T. It means legendary in Tagalog. Okay. And one of their specialties is salted egg chicken skin. So if you're like me and you don't think that vacation is the time for moderation in diet or anything else, get the salted (laughs) egg chicken skin. They also have something called sinuglal, which is grilled pork belly. And grilled pork belly is everywhere. They practically put it in their coffee. So you're going to have to try it just because otherwise they're probably going to make sure you try it anyway. So just go ahead. This one, the Sinaglaw, <laughs> comes with ceviche, which is, as you probably know, you know, a fish cooked with acid, you know, the juice of limes and lemon and things like that. Another great thing they do is sisig, S-I-S-I-G. Now that is going to be parts of chopped pig head. So cheeks and jowls and snout and ear, but it's chopped really fine. And they put in onions and chili pepper and they grill it over coals. And believe me, When it comes out sizzling on a plate with a cold beer, it is the perfect thing. Nice. Now, let me back up for just one second. You talked about the place that's the restaurant and craft brewery. Is that the name of it, Alamat? Yes, Alamat. That's in Makati. Yeah. And they also have, bar-wise, they have speakeasies here. That's a big thing going on in Manila now. So there is a 7-Eleven just down the street from me here in BGC. And you go back into the storeroom and there's a guy standing there, you know, in front of this very unassuming door. He makes sure you're dressed properly. So you, you know, no sandals, no shorts, look sharp. And you go through the storeroom and you go through, which is really set up like a storeroom. I guess it's a working storeroom. You go through a series of curtains and then you go to this beautiful, amazing bar that's just hidden behind all these velvet curtains and you get the most amazing high-end craft cocktails that you will get in the city, perhaps the country. That is so cool. Probably odd for being in the U.S. You don't think of going to 7-Eleven and you're like your, your club attire. So Yeah, it makes you feel super cool. <laughs> and that's there are a few around the city. I'm just now finding out where they are because I discovered this one down the street and they're you know, secret, not so secret. I mean, they don't advertise because they don't have to, because people get so excited about knowing, you know, about this insider place that word of mouth has kept them in business. So yeah, if you want to kind of get your super cool, you know, James Bond feel going, (laughs) then you do a speakeasy. Okay, cool. We only have time for one last place. Uh You mentioned something about the Four Seasons Hot Pot. Oh my gosh. Yes. If you go to the Four Seasons Hot Pot, 
This is a place kind of like fondue, I guess, in that, you know, mm. you've got a hot plate at your table and you've got a big bowl and they'll bring you your choice of broth. And then you walk around, not a room, but I mean many, many, many rooms of things you can cook in your pot. So I'm talking seafood, shellfish, regular fish, clams, beef, pork, chicken, mushrooms, noodles, rice, every vegetable you can think of. They even have a gigantic station where you make your own dipping sauces. Then they have oh, another cool. gigantic station for dessert where you make something called halo halo, which is very famous Philippine dessert. Four Seasons Hot Pot. I highly recommend it. It is a great experience. It is a super local place full of Filipinos. I would challenge you to find a traveler in there because it's just not something that seems to be on that radar. But you're going to spend okay. a few hours there just picking through food and throwing it in the pot and pulling it out and seeing what happens. And <laughs> then they'll bring you a new pot because it's going to be a mess. I mean, wear old clothes to that one or, you okay. know poke a hole in a trash bag and put it over your head or something because it gets delightfully messy. Nice. That sounds kind of like a, like a Mongolian barbecue that they have here a in the States. A little bit. And listen, the two of us, my husband and I, we had an entire meal, like a four hour, let's eat a while, take a break, eat some more meal, beers. And we were big beer drinkers. We must've had a few each and the whole dessert bar, it did not top $40. It was under 40. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Right on. Well, you know, Kathy, thank you so much for sharing all these awesome tips and tricks for Manila. It's now time for the final countdown. Okay. So if a traveler only had time for one meal in Manila, where should they go and what should they eat? I would probably send them to Alamat because I think that has the best mix of super local food combined with, you know, a kitchen that in my experience has been really willing to work with you if you're just squeamish about certain things you know, to make it local, but a little bit more suited to your flavor. So what would you recommend somebody order if they only had like one meal? Oh, okay. Well, they make these amazing skewers and they are a mix of beef, pork, chicken. They've got about four different kinds. And I would tell them, give me a sample of all of your skewers and keep the cold beer coming. Oh, nice. That way you get a little bit of flavor for all the different exactly. types of meats that they have. Yeah, they'll bring you, you know, some garlic rice on the side to have with it. And they're big into side dishes here. So extra things will come out around it. But yeah, say, give me the full skewer sampler. A little bit there of everything go. that you put on a stick. Nice. Yeah, I'm ready for some dinner. So right. I'm, uh, I'm ready to chow <laughs> down right now. <laughs> cool. Well, you lived there about six months. Uh -huh. uh, so what's one of your most memorable stories so far? Okay, everybody here sings. The Philippines is full of people that just randomly burst into song. And I don't mean a little ditty, like, you know, I've got rhythm. I mean like big full-scale Broadway production numbers. They'll stop and throw open their arms and, you know, <laughs> sing a Whitney Houston song. So I just started doing this. I think it's such a delightful thing. I was in a cab and the guy who was driving me had the radio on and I just started singing, you know, and I realized as I was singing, it's like, wow, I really kind of cut loose here. And very calmly, he just kind of looked over at me. He was like, oh, so you've been in Manila long? <laughs> like, <laughs> you're one of us now, you know? Yeah, this is what we do. <laughs> we just randomly sing. It's like that James Corgan or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, uh, yeah. Car karaoke, whatever exactly. it is. Exactly. It is. I never thought about that. <laughs> That's Every awesome. day is car karaoke. <laughs> so speaking of fun times and everything, where's like the happiest happy hour in, in Manila? Everywhere, everywhere. There is a place here in BGC that I like called the Tipsy Pig. 
And that's so typical because it has to have a pig in it because they eat pork. You know that joke I made about putting it in their coffee? That uh -huh. was a slight exaggeration, but they've got this great, you know, logo of this pig with a top hat and he's holding a martini glass. And they've got, I mean, two for one specials, three for one specials, just, you know, very welcoming. They'll let you try anything, you know, any sample you want. Oh, I've never seen that liqueur before. And they're thrilled because they make it here and they want you to try it. Oh, we'll try this one and try this other flavor. And great bar snacks. So I would check out the Tipsy Pig. Oh, I'm going to add that to my list for mm -hmm. sure. Anytime you can get three for one instead of two for yeah, one. Yeah, I've seen that uh, happen. Yeah, they're very happy. I'm all over it. They encourage happiness. <laughs> well, one of the other things I always do when I travel is uh, try to find pepperoni pizza. Mm -hmm. Is there a good place for pepperoni pizza in Manila? There is. I mean, we don't eat a lot of pizza, obviously, because there's so much diversity in food. And we've gotten pizza that was disappointing because, you know, it's not what's done here. And it's not what they sure. do best, so we don't bother. But there is a chain called Motorino. So Motor, I-N-O, and they have really fantastic wood-fired, you know, those wood grill pizzas. And whenever we order out pizza, it is only for Motorino because they are the ones that get it right. Yeah, that's what you want. You don't yeah. want, you know, sometimes I've gotten to places and like you said, it's not like their specialty. It's not something they're used to. And it just comes and you go, what is yeah, this? Yeah, it's like, well, we put sauce and cheese on bread, so what more do you want? Or sometimes it's a flatbread, yeah. <laughs> which is good, but that's not the same as a pizza, you know? Absolutely. So, yeah, you need your, you know, home-style pizza. Motorino is the place to get it. And cheap wine there, too. <laughs> Ooh, there we go. Because the way I look at it is that when you're traveling, yeah, you want to try some of the local foods, but especially if you're going to be gone for a while, you, every so often you need, like, something to remind you of, of home, you know? Yeah. So. That's what I do. Kathy, again, thank you for being on the show. You've uh, provided so many awesome tips and tricks for Manila. There's more that we've, we haven't been able to talk about. We're going to have that in the show notes mm -hmm. uh, for everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and, and how people can reach you? Sure. So I am Kathy G. Mills, and I run the website wallstreetiswaiting.com. And the website is all about providing information for people who are new to investing, investing for beginners. Okay. And so when I started the website a few years ago, I was starting from the beginning and assuming that, you know, I'm going to find readers who really want to invest, but they're just overwhelmed and they don't know where to start. And I'm going to break everything down into these nice manageable chunks and build up to them having a good investing knowledge so they can go out and invest for themselves. You know, I don't give out hot tips. I don't tell people what to invest in. I'm about education and giving everybody the confidence to say, okay, now I know enough to go out and invest on my own. Mm-hmm. So I started the website, and as I was writing my articles, I realized, okay, I'm not really blogging. I'm writing a book. All of these things are a chapter, and it was reading more like a book. So I just pulled them all off of the website, and I obviously did some editing and some reworking, and I published them as a book. So the book nice. is on Amazon. It's called Market Mojo, A Beginner's Guide to the Stock Market. And you can grab that on there and get up and running from zero to 60 in investing. And the website is still going. It doesn't have those original articles, of course, but it still has very good basic level information that I think a lot of beginning investors ask. And they can go there, you know, in complement to the book and find out other things they need to know about investing. Well, that's great. Starting out, there's a lot of questions that people have. And sometimes, it, you know, starting out and doing investing can be scary, mm -hmm. you know, and if they're scared, a lot of times, unfortunately, people just won't do anything. They'll just save in a bank account or they'll just spend the money or whatever, and they won't participate in their retirement accounts at work or their IRAs. 
And so yeah. you're doing a great service and helping them out and kind of overcoming that fear. Yeah, that is the hope that, you know, this is not complicated stuff. We've been led to believe that it's complicated and that it's only for the wealthy. And those things are very, very, very wrong. They're untrue. And that's kind of my mission to make sure that people understand that, because I think anybody can learn anything if the instruction is there and it's appropriate. Absolutely. So if somebody wanted to reach you on social media, what's the best channel for them to go? I'm usually on Twitter. My handle is at Wall Street Waits. That's okay. the one that I'm on most days. And then through my website, you can email me there, Kathy at wallstreetiswaiting.com. I'm on Instagram as Kathy G. Mills, and that's where you see most of my travel photos. I don't really try to make Instagram about work because Instagram is about things that are picture worthy and I travel a lot. So if you just want to see my travel photos, if you think, you know, she's a nice lady, but I'm not an investing, that's fine. But I do go a lot of cool places. So if you want to go to my Instagram page, you can see where I've been. Perfect. Well, we're going to have all that in the, the show notes. We're gonna have links for everything. Thank you so much for being on the show and we'll look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Great. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Manila is such a surprising city. Who would have thought they'd have a speakeasy inside of a 7-Eleven and a whole museum dedicated to the shoe collection of Imelda Marcos? You can explore the rich history of Intramuros or bar hop and sample the local cuisine inside the BGC. While you're in town, make sure you try the grilled pork belly and the salted egg flavored snacks. Kathy says they're absolutely delicious. So what's your favorite thing you learned about Manila, Philippines? Please let us know in the show notes at wetravelthere.com Manila or log into the We Travel There podcast community on Facebook. Join us in the next episode when Dan Mackin of the Millennial Real Estate Investor Podcast takes us to Boulder, Colorado, where they love being outdoors to enjoy the 300 days of sunshine they receive every year. We hope to join us when we travel there. And if you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you subscribe. That way you don't miss any of your upcoming destinations.